Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. My number one album. Big shocker to me. Also folklore. Whoa. Are you ready to dive into all things Taylor Swift? Good for a Weekend is the ultimate podcast for any Swifty. With new episodes dropping bi-monthly, as well as bonus episodes to give you real-time reactions to the latest rumors and news, it's your one-stop shop for all things T-Swift. We also love connecting with our fellow Weekenders, so be sure to connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and or Discord to share all your Taylor thoughts. Good for a Weekend is available wherever you get your podcasts. I know. Marsh just is that like it's a perfect album hello this is the spark parade a show where i talk to artists about the single piece of culture that's most inspired them i'm adam Unz. thanks so much for joining me coming up a little bit later on you'll get to hear my calming lovely chat with musician charles spirin founding member of broken social scene and do make say think we're going to be talking about his love for the classic abstract film Koyana Skatsi. But first, the election is over. Uh, I'm recording this on election day and I am stressed out to fuck. So I am going to go off the grid after I finish this. So you're in the future and you maybe know the results or maybe you don't. This is a truly strange, fucked up, unsettling election in a... Truly strange, fucked up, unsettling year. So regardless of the outcome, I hope this episode soothes you. Charles and I talked about how art can make you contemplate life's biggest questions, and I think that goes double for abstract art. And specifically, I'm talking about art that leaves its meaning open to your interpretation. In some ways, it's the most personal art for the consumer because it allows you to imprint your ideas and your experience on it. There's a lot of wiggle room in terms of deciphering the meaning of abstract art, especially when, as is the case with Koyana Skatsi, the artist intentionally avoids prescribing any meaning to that work, which is, in my opinion, exactly what we need right now. Something that allows us to ponder the meaning of existence without having to focus too sharply on the catastrophic events of the last four years. So... I hope this episode provides you with a forum for that kind of calm contemplation. We could all use a little meditation right now, I think. So let's get to it, eh? I'm going to kick things off with some Charles Spearin facts. Charles is a native of Toronto, Canada, and as I mentioned earlier, is a founding member of Broken Social Scene and Do Make Say Think. In August, he released an alt-classical album with Swedish violinist Josephine Runstein called Thank God the Plague is Over. It was given that title before the pandemic started, but uh, let's hope that's a premonition for the near future. Uh, I spoke to Charles about Godfrey Reggio's 1982 experimental film Koyana Skatsi, which features music by legendary composer Philip Glass. The film consists primarily of uh, slow motion and time-lapse footage of cities and many natural landscapes across the United States. It's a visual tone poem. And it contains neither dialogue nor vocalized narration. Its tone is set by the juxtaposition of images and music. So there you have it. 
Without further ado, let's get into this soothing conversation and take our minds off of you-know-what, shall we? Here comes my chat with Charles Spearin about Koyaanisqatsi. So, Koyaanisqatsi, um, the first and most important fact that I think you need to know is that I worked at a video store when I was in high school and they used to use Koyaanisqatsi as a test when you applied for the job that it was like, you'd pretend that the boss was a customer and they'd come up and say, uh, yeah, hey, do you have Koyaanisqatsi in, in stock? And so, you know, like as a 15 year old, I'm like, oh, what's that? <laughs> uh, but that was my first uh, experience of it. Um, do you remember hearing about it the first time yourself? Yes, I remember very vividly. Um, in Canada, we had uh, much music, which was sort of the equivalent of MTV. Mm -hmm. And uh, every Monday night, they would show a movie, uh, like a music movie. And I watched Spinal Tap, and I watched the Blues Brothers, and I watched Rock and Roll High School, and The Last Waltz, all kinds of great like music films. And I would set up my VCR to record it and uh, you know program it so that it, I wouldn't miss it in case I had to be out. Uh, and then, and then for some crazy reason, they showed Koya and Ascotsi, mm. um, you know, on you know pop television. And they even had commercials in it, like, like so you're you're watching the film, and then suddenly you're getting an ad for Canadian Tire Christmas jingles and things like that. <laughs> it was very very surreal. But uh, I remember I couldn't watch it at the time, but I recorded it on my on my VHS recorder, and then I sat down to watch it, not knowing anything about it, and I just kind of, I just kind of dissolved. Like I I had it was a very a, a powerful feeling, this sort of sense of getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until I had this kind of, uh, it was like a, like a, a loss of ego in a sense, like the world mm. just suddenly got bigger and bigger and I got smaller and smaller. And I just felt so insignificant and so tiny and so small. But at the same time, there was a weird kind of enlightenment to it. Like I was seeing things more clearly for the first time. And, and it was really, you know, startling uh given that i was you know expected to see rock and roll high school or something like that it was just sort of logging on not, <laughs> yeah. not logging on but tuning in to to you know get my my monday night movie fix mm, yeah um that is definitely a different experience to uh <laughs> something like rock and roll high school <laughs> yeah. but um yeah it's like all of these kind of uh layers of feeling and layers of meaning that um, I think just kind of taking on face value, the images are so beautiful, the music is so beautiful that you can just kind of let it wash over you. And it's quite meditative, um, mm -hmm. you know, the time lapse kind of lends itself to this uh, hypnotic, hypnotic quality. Um, but also kind of, you know, digging into those other feelings of like, showing the expansiveness of our world, the complexity and the interrelationship between people and technology and the contrast between the natural environment and the human made environment and um, all those kinds of things. So it's like this overwhelming, you know, all of these things buzzing around in your brain all at the same time. And uh, it's, it's quite intense. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And I mean, of course, the music really is the driving force of it. I think you could listen to the soundtrack and still get a good sense of that sort of humbling, um, like minutia of, of humanity. Like the, the music is, is so, uh, so powerful simply on its own, but 
but paired with the the images, um, it really like it really is a very powerful artistic force. And uh, and as a little you know seventeen year old or sixteen year old, I just wasn't prepared for it. And and it, uh, it kind of brought back all these questions that I had when I was a little kid. Like what's what happens after you die? Why am I me of all living things? Like what like what's out and out? How you can point to a star and, and space just goes on forever and all these like sort of questions that you have when you're first sort of learning about the world and then they kind of get smoothed over as you grow up because you pay more attention to your own immediate surroundings and and your peers and uh, and and then all of these questions sort of came came like rushing back at me as a kid and it was uh, you know a bit of a panic attack but at the same time like a kind of like being reacquainted with some kind of truth or, or not even truth, but some sort of questions that I had forgotten about. So right. um, it was really, uh, it was something that afterwards I felt like uh, I needed to pursue a bit more in life. Yeah. Like just kind of looking into the, the bigger questions. And uh, it, was a, it was a real surprise to have that happen to me. And it, it's so interesting to me that it's like, it's virtually, uh, there's no dialogue the only kind of vocalizations come, you know, very uh, sporadically through the music and it doesn't add anything or it doesn't dictate any meaning for you. Right. Um, but like the director, uh, Godfrey Reggio, has said publicly, like he he kind of plays plays it both ways. He says, I don't assign any meaning to it. It's up to the viewer to interpret it. But then also explicitly says it's not about the way that technology has affected people. It's about the integration of technology into humanity and into like the day-to-day workings of our world. Um, And that's kind of the most he's ever Mm -hmm. said, you know, explicitly about what anyone should think about it. And the rest is kind of left up to you. And so having those feelings of like, kind of pondering the biggest questions in, in the universe and um, thinking about what your life means and, and all of those things. The fact that this virtually wordless film that's all just uh, imagery and music can evoke those kinds of responses is, is absolutely incredible. And I, like, I think that happens to anyone who, who enjoys it. I mean, I know it's kind of a, a divisive movie as well that you have to kind of be on board uh, to, <laughs> to, you know, want to just let it wash over you for whatever it is, 90 minutes. Um, yeah. And I know that there are a lot of people who felt like it was not for them, but you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on board. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it really, you're right. It, it's remarkable that there's no dialogue in it. There's no characters in it. There's no plot to it. There's no storyline. There's no, um, it's, it's really um, a, a kind of abstract wash of images. Uh, and certainly it would turn a lot of people off. I can see that because there's nothing, um, there's no personal drama to pull you through. It's just a, a series of, um, a series of images and sounds. But, uh, but I, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, what, sorry, what uh, um, Reggio, the director was saying about how he refuses to, to say what the, essentially the, the point of it is. Um, but in terms of the relationship with technology, there's only one or two real dead giveaways in the, in the movie that, that he's trying to make. Usually it's just sort of a, a collage or a series of images that there's one where uh, you get this sort of overview of the city 
and then all of a sudden you're mm. looking at a microchip yeah and yeah, yeah so yeah. it gives the sense of like the, the the microscopic and the macroscopic can connect in this level of like breaking things into squares and making things, how the mind organizes things it was kind of a, a i think that was the only real clear sort of point made in the movie that i could i could tell like the rest of it is somewhat abstract and somewhat of an undercurrent of feeling that you can ascribe any any emotion to um yeah. but but that scene and also the i guess it's the opening and closing scene of the rocket exploding in the sky and falling back to earth mm-hmm. um uh, those two images have a lot of uh, kind of unquestionable um uh, intention to them mm-hmm. yeah um, and i would even argue it, those uh images even having that juxtaposition of like you know microchips and uh cityscapes and and whatever i think uh, coming from like the the basest uh, viewpoint, which is probably like this is very popular with stoners. So like <laughs> you know, having people just like getting high and th- seeing all these beautiful images and just having that uh, you know like the microchip dissolving into the um, grid of the city streets, and I think it was also. Uh, it, it's a hugely inf- influential film just for the visuals. You know, people talk about the Madonna video for Ray of Light stealing quite heavily from this and yeah. um, lots of other, uh, you know, films and TV shows and commercials. Just, uh, yeah. you know, when you look back on the movie now, a lot of people see it as full of tropes because it was pioneering all these techniques. Um, so just from like a visual standpoint, I think um, you can either, you, both ends of the spectrum are possible. You can have no connection to any meeting and just be like, wow, this is amazing. Or you can be on the other end and feel like it's so significant and it means so much to you. Um, and the the meaning is so individual to each viewer. Like I've read reviews where people have gotten completely, like really insisted that the meaning is X. And then another reviewer says something that's completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a, there's a, a wealth of responses out there. Yeah, I think, I mean, my feeling is that in relation to minimalist music, um, it's it's not so much what the what the music is, but what the music does. Like with 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 minimal mu- minimalist minimalist music, it, there's a certain um, kind of uh, endurance test to it, uh, mm-hmm. and then as you watch your mind through this endurance test, you see yourself, you know, wanting it to end or wanting it to change, and then you're kind of holding on to this. Um, this uh, sort of hope for change and then something in you sort of surrenders to it. And I, I remember I took um, a sort of a vacation with my wife. We went to uh, New York to, to the BAM to see Einstein on the beach. Mm. And it's, you know, five hours long yeah. with no intermission. And it's very much an endurance test. You sit there and, and it's the most incredible thing because the main essentially the main focus of the piece is your own mind like how you're relating to this like how you you get tense and then how you relax and then all your own reaction is kind of the the, the real story of what's happening and, and Koyana Skatsi uh, was my first sort of experience of that of how the art wasn't in the images the art wasn't in the sound but the art was in how I was reacting to it and mm-hmm. how uh, the the director and, and Philip Glass um, we're basically making you look at yourself rather than look at the film. 
Um, so you can say the movie is about X, the movie is not about X. Um, for me, uh, the movie is more of a, a, an indicator of what's going on inside your mind, like how your mind works. It's a real lesson in that. And, um, and I think that was, uh, uh, that was the door that opened. It wasn't so much the art itself, but the sense of how to turn art so that you're looking at yourself, like holding art as a mirror. Uh, right. And minimalist music does that very well because it makes you so uncomfortable. Um, and then, and then, you know, there's a sort of ah, moment when there's a, finally a change and, uh, that kind of turning music in on itself was maybe the most, uh, profound aspect for me. Yeah. That's, uh, really interesting. Like the, the two things that I constantly talk about the two most, uh, uh, the, the purposes of art or, uh, the things that art can do that interest me the most are, art as a mirror and art as a window. So like, you know, being able to see into someone else's world, being able to experience the, uh, you know, the world from another person's perspective, who's very different to you or a mirror where it's like seeing yourself reflected back in, in what you see on screen. Um, and I think that's when you have something that's so open to interpretation and intentionally. So like the director really wanted everyone to, uh, wanted this film to be a, a personal experience, wanted people to just, you know, draw, draw their own personal connection and not not dictate to them what they're supposed to feel. And I, I think it's really incredible when art can do that. And when, you know, again, something that's on the surface, so not simple, but the, the idea that there's only, uh, again, only music and images. And it's very, uh, like the, 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 basic foundations of what you can put on on screen and allowing people to have their own personal relationship with that stuff. And I think uh, Philip Glass's music as well, really across the board has that effect where it's kind of building uh, mood and uh, heightening your senses, but it's not, again, not really dictating to you how you're supposed to feel in that situation. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess, uh, Sort of later on in life, I, I took up the practice of meditation. I did a lot of uh, uh, long time retreats. Uh -huh. uh, I would do like a month long meditation retreat at a, at a cabin in the woods. And, I, and that was a big part of my life for several years where I would take a month out of the year to just go and, and sort of sit by myself and, and do a very formal Buddhist meditation practice. Um, and uh, this same sense of kind of self-examination uh, is uh, is there meditation as well as is in this type of art, the sort of mirror kind of art that you're talking about? And I do, and I do love the idea of art as a mirror and art as a window. Mm -hmm. uh, those they're two different uh, uh, styles. But uh, in terms of the meditation practice, um, basically you can sit there uh, in your little cabin in the woods, and really, essentially, nothing is changing. Um, but a day can go by and you'll have all the different emotions. You'll be angry, you'll be sad, you'll be lonely, like all these different things will sort of come up and nothing on the outside has changed. So you start to sort of realize that all of these um, kind of waves of emotion happen naturally without external influence. So mm. you get kind of like, like looking at how your mind uh, is alive regardless of its input. So sometimes when you you find that you're angry with somebody, you're like, oh, maybe this is actually 
just the way my mind is right now and I should be patient with it and see where this goes or um, like these, these sort of natural, uh, I don't know, kind of sloshing up emotions um, uh, is happens all the time. And I find coming back to Koi and Ascotsi, the sense of, of looking at yourself, looking at your mind and seeing how you're reacting to this. It's, it's again, um, in this case, you're being inundated with all sorts of images and sounds, but it's like a, a magnifying glass or a, an amplification of your own emotions so that they become so loud that you can't ignore them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that that's uh, sort of a, a remarkable kind of super intense concentrated meditation retreat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it does sort of feel to me like a, a guided meditation. Um, yeah. you know, uh, if you were listening to headspace or you know a guided meditation app and they decided that you could have a a pack of visuals to add to it that it would be something like that (laughs) um and just you know again suggesting huge concepts suggesting you know uh a a whole range of things because it really does deal with the natural world with technology but then also those scenes with just Faces, people walking around in the city, people living their lives, doing, you know, like packing themselves into an elevator, all of those kinds of things that it's like these little flashes of the the world at large and then the kind of microcosmic stuff of your day-to-day life and um, getting you to think about how those things are related to each other and that uh, it's this, that the world is a big place, but that it's one giant ecosystem and that all of these different things impact each other yeah and the idea that you're just another face to see all these faces at you and just as faces and recognizing that you're just another one of them and it sort of really brought up that question for me it's like why am i this face why do i have this face why why was i born in this body in this place in this time like and everybody else has their own experience and i'm only going to see like through my eyes the entire time. And uh, that, uh, that kind of question um, was really sort of uh, really brought home with, especially that scene you're talking about with the faces uh, where you get one face and then another face and, and the music particularly sort of somehow holds it in this nest of questions. I don't know how else to put it, but uh, yeah. 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 And that, that's it as, as well. I think it, it is like uh, in the, you know, there are some scenes that are quite frenetic, the uh, stop motion, uh, not stop motion, the... Uh, time-lapse. Time-lapse, thank you. <laughs> the, the, the escalators, whatever that's it's the most called. famous yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, 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 that. But also even just um, like the uh, showing the grids with like cars zipping past, um, mm-hmm. the uh, images of buildings with kind of lights going on and off, um, that that feels like quite busy and intense to me. And then there are calmer, slower moments like, I mean, uh, th- there are bits on both ends of the spectrum with, with people, but that it, those images of just faces where it's like still mm-hmm. taking a moment with people, you know, a few people kind of looking shy and like they're uh, self-conscious about being on camera. Um, and in those slower moments kind of saying, like taking each person as an individual, but then showing that they are again, part of this, uh, broader ecosystem and that there's mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of people around them and 
kind of getting you to think that we've seen that there are these individuals and each one of those people who's rushing past when it's rush hour or, you know, people going up escalators or whatever, every single one of them has that same internal life. And if you turned a camera on them, you'd have an individual experience of how it feels to them to be uh, filmed and their reaction would be different, but then showing them all kind of blurring past and it's like everyone turns into this one organism. It's like, you know, blood rushing through veins or something. Right, right. It's just, again, it sort of comes back to the idea of, of being humbled and, and, and feeling uh, sort of small, but strangely enlightened at the end of it to, to mm-hmm. feel like you're a tiny, tiny, insignificant part of a bigger picture. I mean, there's other... I've you come across that feeling other times as well. Like um, I'm not Christian, but sometimes sitting in a giant cathedral, like when I'm on tour, I like to, to stop and see the cathedrals of the city. And sometimes like in like Strasbourg or um, Cologne, like sitting in these massive Ooh, cathedral, yeah. um, you get a very similar feeling of being very insignificant mm. um, because these cathedrals have been for, around for hundreds of years and, and they're so enormous and so impressive um, to just sit there and, and be in the space of the, these cathedrals is, uh, is really um, has a similar kind of humbling quality. Another example I can think of is some, some bands like uh, the first time I toured with Godspeed, you black emperor who I was playing a do make say think. And we, mm-hmm. we did a East coast tour with Godspeed, you black emperor and night after night, I got the same feeling of just, you know, the, the music that they make is just so overwhelming and so enormous. And, uh, you know, they have these sort of um, images looped on the screen behind them uh, as they played. And, uh, and it just made rock music look so kind of stupid. It's <laughs> 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 just because they have so much power in what they're doing. And, uh, you know, they're not uh, constricted by any length of time. Their songs are go on forever. And, um, so that was kind of a, a callback to my first impression of uh, Koya Nascazzi and how it sort of, if I could connect the dots to Koya Nascazzi, to cathedrals, to Godspeed, you Black Emperor, there's probably other ones along the way, but, mm. but like meditation, but things that essentially obliterate your ego yeah. are, are um, I think, healthy and uh, uh, they, they bring a, a sense of joy, strangely, like this sense of not mattering how it's, it's the opposite of, of ego joy, where you feel really good about yourself and you're really doing great with your career and you really did a good job on this. All of that suddenly gets pushed aside and you feel tiny and t- insignificant in this great big world. And there's a sort of, sort of brilliance to it. I don't know. I, I can't uh, really describe it, but... It, it only happens from time to time in certain scenarios. And, uh, and I always kind of long for that feeling, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that example of cathedrals is a, a great one in relation to this movie, because it's like that insignificance. Um, you know, I know a, a, a lot of people rely on religion to help them kind of feel less small in the the grand scheme of things that it's like assigning a, a purpose to people um, where like I, I'm, I'm not a religious person. And to me, that insignificance is, is awe-inspiring. The, the feeling of being this tiny, tiny, tiny part of this absolutely mind-bogglingly, you know, <laughs> theoretically infinite space infinite. Yeah. Um, is really exciting to me. And, and uh, talking about the example of a cathedral, like coming into a cathedral, feeling, 
you know, awe and feeling humbled, but also knowing that people just like you were responsible for making it happen and that it was like many, many, many people and each one of those people in the grand scheme of things was insignificant to just this project because there are so many people involved in it. But um, yeah, those kind of layers of meaning, um, I, I got that feeling throughout the movie and also in those city scenes, it's the same kind of thing where you see the natural landscape and then you see all of these things that humans have created. And again, mm -hmm. it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of humans rushing by all of them uh, kind of cogs in a machine, but they have built the machinery and yeah. <laughs> um, kind of, yeah, just showing that everything is connected, everything is in, uh, interrelated and that uh, each individual has their place, but that that each individual person, you know, again, showing them on a kind of microcosmic level, really looking at who each person is and not saying this person doesn't matter, but saying in the grand scheme of thing, there's such like a speck of dust um, mm -hmm. compared to the, the wider world. And again, I think that's like, it's beautiful. Yeah. And, and not only that, but the time lapse uh, sort of suggests that it's all temporary. Like even, right. sitting in, even sitting in a giant cathedral that's been there for hundreds of years and, and it was built by uh, individuals and all of this, you get the sense that one day it too will be gone. Like right. all, of, all of these cities that we're building, all of this, this uh, infrastructure, all of this, um, you know, temples, uh, they're all going to be gone one day. And that's, you know, the, the sun is going to keep rising and setting and the world is turning that... Uh, it's it's just this it not only does it make your life look small but it makes all of humanity look sort of small and insignificant uh, and there's sort of no end to the to the i don't know the shrinking of the ego <laughs> like <laughs> right. it just keeps going right and that also the nature of technology is that it keeps uh progressing and that it's always going that there's that kind of expansion of what's going to happen so mm. in addition to all of the stuff that's being built being ephemeral, you know, not, not something that's actually going to be necessarily permanent. It's going to be expanded. It's going to be leveled and rebuilt and that it's like constant change, constant flux. And um, yeah, again, like <laughs> over overwhelming mind melting concepts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's, that's the point of the movie, I guess, is that it's overwhelming and, and, and uh, it's, um, it's just so effective in, in kind of opening these questions and opening these doors to uh, to looking at the bigger picture of things. It really, it, it, I feel like that sort of pers bigger perspective is something that um, that I lose regularly. And I think clearly society loses sense of the bigger picture quite often. Um, and in that sense, I think that uh, a movie like this is extremely healthy for a society to, to sort of mm -hmm. stop and think about where they're going, like to recognize what's happening all around us instead of just focusing on the, on the task at hand. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is a uh, lovely way to conclude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this was so great. I, I really, really enjoyed this. It's uh it's nice being able to kind of uh, focus on, um, something like this that is this sort of abstract meditative thing um, that, you know, f finding somebody else who's into that kind of stuff is nice to be able to talk about uh, those <laughs> kinds of, those kinds of artworks. Um, so thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh, making time for me. Thank you. This was enjoyable very much. Yeah. 
All thank right. you so much again. Um, it was really nice chatting with you. Nice talking to All you right. as well. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Charles. I really loved talking to him. Such an interesting and fun discussion. Uh, Charles's new album, Thank God the Plague is Over, is out now. It is brilliant and beautiful. Super cinematic, too. Honestly, it gives me a similar feeling of meditative calm to the feeling I had watching Koyaanisqatsi. So check it out. Now, my inspiring artwork of the week is a Netflix film called His House. It is the story of a South Sudanese couple who come to London as refugees. They're given accommodation while they wait for permanent residency and told that they cannot move. And of course, that means the house they're assigned is haunted. Uh, this is a really unusual ghost story. It deals not only with the traditional creepiness of the supernatural, but also with the horror of grief, of war, of racism, and of xenophobia. And additionally, it's about the lengths to which people are willing to go in order to survive. This movie is anchored by Wunmi Mosaku and Shopei Derisu's performances, which are absolutely brilliant. It's not the cheeriest film you'll ever see, but... Uh, it's really well done, and it balances horror and drama really well. So if that sounds like your bag, you should check that out too. And that's pretty much it. If you like this show, please tell your friends about it. Or at least one. Is that a good compromise? Send one friend a link to this episode. It'll make you feel good, I promise. And uh, other than that, I hope democracy hasn't died I hope we already know that Joe and Kamala and every other Democrat has won. But no matter what has happened or will happen, I'll be here next week. At the very least, you can count on that. So have a great week. Stay safe. Take care of yourself. And until next time, bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.